Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. Very important ruling we got this morning from the Supreme Court of the United States involving these so-called dreamers. We've got breaking news. It comes from the Supreme Court, a decision that's going to impact so-called dreamers. These are people who were brought to this country as children by immigrant parents. The implications of this cannot be overstated. These are hundreds of thousands of young of people who were brought here as youngsters. They are uh, in their workplaces, in the armed forces, all across our country, and this is major. In a 5-4 ruling, the court knocked down the Trump administration's attempt to end the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA program. It was first put in place by President Obama, and it impacts more than 650,000 so-called dreamers here in the U.S. Sandra Diaz is a staffer at the Center for Immigrant Progress in Northern Illinois. She's also a DACA recipient. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Also, Helena Olea, she's the Associate Director for Programs at Alianza Americas, an umbrella of U.S.-based immigrant-led and immigrant-serving organizations. Helena, hello. Hello. All right, so let me start with you, Sandra. What, what's your reaction to today's news? Well, I feel a little weird. I think most of us are really happy and crying tears of joy. Um, but I do have to say I was preparing for the worst. So this result lifts uh, a huge weight off my shoulders. And I think, you know, from, from in my case, I have been up since like 5 a.m. I couldn't sleep. I was just checking the news like every five minutes trying to figure out what's going to happen. And I feel like that's been kind of like our state for the last few years. Mm-hmm. And this happened back in 2017. Well, this has been such a, a political issue, something that obviously in 2016 turned into a, uh, a campaign issue. And we saw the, the president mm-hmm. uh, try to repeal the former president's rule. So, I mean, when you think about this, it has been something that has has been on the minds and has been an issue for for uh, dreamers for the last four or five years. Yes, I, I feel like. It's great that we, we kind of took this step into the right direction. It was a, a step back, I, I guess we could say, the, the what happened back in 2017, but now we're back on track. However, I do want to point out that DACA is not the end goal, so it's just kind of like a temporary Band-Aid. But um, we still have a long way to go for comprehensive immigration reform, but this was definitely, like I said, a step in the right direction. But after so many years of uncertainty, it feels good to say that for at least two more years, um, I can stay in this country. Sandra, the mm-hmm. uh, and when you say it that way and, and you think about it and and obviously the news breaking this morning, do you think that uh, a court's decision on this to 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 essentially uphold DACA, do you think that that may sway public opinion to say that hey, this is an important issue and the court has spoken and we need to respect the court's decision to keep dreamers in this country? I think for some it might be that. I think. For the majority, what would help sway the decisions of the public might be sharing our stories, because sometimes, you know, we just hear it, and if we're not close to the story, we just hear it in the news, and we don't connect it to how many people it's affecting. Um, so it's kind of difficult for, at least for DACA recipients, to see people who will never be in the situation having to decide for our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think having people learn more and hear um, the stories of DACA recipients is what will probably sway the public's opinion on this. Maria Zamudia, our WBZ reporter, spoke to another dreamer this morning, uh, Dulce Dominguez. I want to play a little bit of that clip as well. 
I think my immediate response was, and still is very emotional, because I was expecting a very different ruling. Um, so I am very overwhelmed and happy um, with the news. Um, Daka gets to live another day, hopefully longer. Um, and I'm just thinking about how everybody that was waiting this decision is probably taking deep breaths. Because um, we were holding our breath for a long time the past couple months. That's uh, Dulce Dominguez. She was brought to this country as a toddler. She's now 26. She has a master's from the University of Chicago, lives in Waukegan with her family. She's got a full-time job. Sandra, when you hear that, when you hear the emotion dripping from Dulce's voice, what does it stir up in you? Um, I think it reminds me of all the times that I've also cried because of the situation. And I actually know Dulce, so it hurts to see to hear her voice, you know, cracking. And, and it reminds me of all of us and all the friends that I've cried with, too, because of something that we can't fully control. Um, but it's affecting us every single day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely hard to hear, but that's, you know, the reality that we have to live in every day. And Helen, I'm going to bring you in in just a second here. Um, Sandra, you know, Dulce mentions, you know, or, or you know, she was brought here uh, as a toddler. She's now 26. You mentioned since it's important to hear these stories and share these stories. Tell mm-hmm. us your story. Uh, tell us how, how you came to the country and, and where, how, how you've been uh, a part of, of this country. Yeah, so I also came when I was uh, a child. I was five years old. I was raised in Houston, Texas. That's where I lived most of my life. And we lived in a very underfunded area of Houston. And, you know, my entire, you know, childhood, it was always kind of like unstable. And I didn't know what being undocumented meant. I just knew that I was undocumented. And it wasn't until it was time to go to college that I realized how much it would affect me. So when DACA came into place, I... I remember feeling a lot of relief and finally actually seeing like, wow, I can actually go to college. I can actually do something and I don't have to be scared anymore. I don't have to have the fear that, you know, I saw in my parents every day when they went to work or even when they just took me to school. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really um, strong for me to realize that I, I don't know, it gave me hope that I could have a future. And um, after having it for a few years, when I was in, in, in college, that's where it hit another reality hit where um, even if I have DACA, I'm still not a citizen and I get limited funding for school. So school got a little harder to do and I'm still trying to complete my education today. Around that time that I was going to college was also during the 2016 elections. And um, in the county that I was living in, in Texas at the time, they were going to implement um, 287G, which is basically a policy that allows law enforcement, local law enforcement, to collaborate with ICE. Um, so that was a little scary for us mm. because at the same time, DACA was being rescinded. Yeah. My family, you know, we all just went into fear, and my parents had lived with that fear their entire lives, but they didn't want uh, my sister and I, both DACA recipients, to live with that fear as well. So we moved to Illinois, where I'm living now, because it was a little more welcoming to immigrants. That's kind of how we came to to this part of the country. Okay. And now, you know, having gone through all this and kind of always seeing, having like, in a state of like anxiety, not knowing what's going to happen next, 
it really pushed me to try to do something because, I mean, I don't have the luxury of, you know, staying in the sidelines um, because it's affecting my life and those around me. So I started working at a nonprofit that helped immigrant families, and I'm still doing that now. And now I'm getting a little more active with Alianza Americas and, and Center for Immigrant Progress in um, policies and just making sure people, there's help for people. Sandra Diaz is a DACA recipient, uh, and as she just mentioned, a staffer at the Center for Immigrant Progress in, in Northern Illinois. Uh, Helena Olea is the Associate Director for uh, Alianza Americas. Let me bring you in here, Helena. What's, what's your reaction uh, to today's news? Well, today we are celebrating with the Dreamers, with their families, and the organizations that are fighting with them. So today is a day of joy. However, we still have a long way to go. And I do want to remind everyone that DACA is a temporary status. It grants them a relief, a temporary relief from deportation and authorization to work. Mm -hmm. But as Sandra mentioned, I think we all want to underscore that we will continue fighting until individuals with a temporary status such as DACA and TPS are ultimately granted temporary resident, uh, sorry, permanent residents in the U.S. They are already residents of the country. You know, they belong to this country. Uh, DACA recipients feel American as everyone else. And so there's no reason why they shouldn't, they do not have, you know, uh, the stability of a permanent residence. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier and I heard this on NPR this morning and it was, I thought it was an intriguing political analysis, but the idea that there is a lot of sympathy and a lot of support for for DACA recipients, and in, in this country, this is not uh, an area that uh, you know you're going to find overwhelming uh, negative response to. People really want to make sure that uh, DACA recipients have a place in this country. So, in a way, the president, you know, by losing wins, in in the sense that uh, he wanted to take this on because it was a campaign promise, and he was repealing something that the the, the past president did. But at the same time, you know, actually having that repeal go through wouldn't look great to the American people. I think so. Well, he used it as a bargain chip. Uh, if you remember, that was where he tried to push Congress uh, to move ahead with immigration. And so that was kind he never submitted a proposal, of course, but he really put in jeopardy the lives of thousands of young individuals who have been living in this country and contributing to the society. And I think uh, the public opinion is very sympathetic to DACA recipients. Mm. They are members of our communities. We don't want them to leave. There, you know, Helena, we heard Sandra, and she, she mentioned the, the, the word fear. And, you know, that's something that has been a part of uh, DACA recipients and uh, undocumented immigrants for, for a while and for a long time here in this country. But when you hear her talk about fear and talk about how some of these political issues play out in the courts, and, and, but that fear remains, how, does, how, how do you respond to that? Well, I I completely sympathize with Sandra's words, and I think that uh, you know uh, the uh, the testimony from Dulce also brings the same element. Their status is precarious, and so it's a relief. The today is a day to celebrate, but. It's it's insufficient. It's really insufficient. They have this fear. If you just remember, uh, Secretary DeVos decided to limit uh, some of the of the funds granted to universities so that they cannot go to students uh, to undocumented students, including DACA recipients, and that is a big problem as well. And Hel- yeah, and Helena, it's it's interesting 
you know, as we talk about this, we're really talking about semantics and paperwork. You know, this was really about how the, the president and, and the administration uh, went about the repeal that the Supreme Court pushed back. Do you, uh, do you assume or do you, do, you, do you anticipate that the Trump administration will do what, what, what they did with the Muslim ban as, as well, uh, just kind of rewrite it and try again? That is a possibility. However, it seems that the period is very short before the election. So I think that the result of the election may open the door for, you know, trying once again, just changing the wording and being very careful about the rationale behind the decision. But of course, if Trump is not in the White House, that will not happen. Hmm. All right, uh, last word, Sandra Diaz, I want to bring you back in real quick here. Just, uh, you know, as we talk about this and, and you hear uh, Helena talk about what possibly could happen in the future, I want to give you the last word to talk to Chicagoans uh, about your situation and about how you're feeling, but also about your anticipations for what could happen next. You know, we, we kind of just have to come together. And if, you know, we still don't understand the, what's really happening, seek out the, the information, you know, look for people who you can help amplify their voices that are fighting for comprehensive immigration reform. And I know it's hard, but try to put yourself in, in the shoes of, of the, the almost 700,000 DACA recipients that are going through this, you know, just, just emphasize with them. And, you know, hopefully we can, we can come to, to something that, that can give us back that, I guess, humanity. Because I feel a lot of the times all this paperwork and um, this administration has been dehumanizing us as, as DACA recipients. That's DACA recipient Sandra Diaz. She's a staffer at the Center for Immigrant Progress in Northern Illinois. And Helena uh, Olea is the Associate Director for Programs at Alianza Americas. Thank you both for joining me today. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. Come back tomorrow for our Friday News Roundup, where we break down the biggest local and state stories of the week. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening to Reset from Chicago's NPR news station, WBEZ. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.